Welcome to another edition of Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business. Coach James Short here and welcome to another edition. You know, sometimes uh, as you go through your, your career, you come along, you come across uh, those thought leaders, those industry experts that uh, have really made a, a massive impact to the industry. Um, but yet at the same time, they, they, they come from that space of, of true integrity and, and true respect, both from the industry and also from the community. And today we were very, very fortunate to have one of those, those people on our call today. And it's the one and only John Cunningham. Now, obviously there's, there's, there's two words, three words that, that come to my mind when, when we hear about John, well, me personally, it's, it is the integrity, it is the respect and it's, it's that trust. And, and the three words that he, you know, we, we see on his videos and, and see with, with him is, is find love and live. And isn't that so inspiring? Just those three key words. It's, it's so amazing. Now, now John's been in the industry since uh, 1977, uh, but he started Cunningham's in 91 and uh, where you, you'll see him in the Northern beaches of Sydney in Bargalla, Manly and DY. He's uh, been, uh, he's on the board of uh, the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales and been a president for a two-year term since 2015. Now he's the mover and groover of the industry. He's the thought leader and uh, he's always on the cutting edge of uh, new stuff that is out there and happening, but yet also building and developing those relationships. John, really excited to have you uh, on the call today. Thanks, James. That was a very nice intro. Thank you very much. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So, mate, it's, it's, it's been great. It's, uh, let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning on, on, on where the journey started. How did it all start for you? Uh, look, I, um, I left school. Um, I was a very poor student. Um, and uh, didn't apply myself. I think I was a bit of a daydreamer, actually. I just used to wander around and not take notice of too much. Uh, certain things appealed to me in life, and um, I, uh, I was a frustrated architect from a very young age, uh, and uh, unfortunately, I never got the, the marks at school to become an architect, so I sort of thought, what's the next best thing? So I love property. I used to go around building sites looking at, at how houses were built when I was eight years old, so wow. um, it, was, it was in me. Um, so I started uh, thinking I'll become a valuer. So I ended up uh, the Sydney, uh, the water board in Sydney, um, learning to be a valuer. Except all I did was um, uh, be an attendance clerk and a, and a stationary clerk for for two years. And I thought this is crazy. This is not for me. When I saw what the future was for a valuer at the water board, I, I ran a mile. Um, <laughs> so I got a job in property management after about fifty interviews in uh, 1977, and uh, it was a tough time back then. Um, and uh, I even got uh, rejected by the one and only Woodrow Waite down at Waite and Company at DY. Uh, uh, told me my hair was too long. So <laughs> I went and got a haircut. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I, I spent two years in property management. And in that time, I learned a hell of a lot. I worked for a guy that taught me everything not to do. Uh, and I've got to tell you, that's probably a pretty awesome way to start a real estate career. Uh, but during that time, I saw this particular um, agency head go through three different sales agents who in the space of two years sold between them four properties. Wow. And one day I just said to him, I said, I reckon I could do better than these guys. And he said, okay, well prove it. <laughs> so off I went. Um, and yeah, I've got a really interesting story. If you want to hear about my first yeah, yeah. six sales in real estate. Love to please share. Uh, yeah, no, well, but that was back in the AC multi-list days. And, um, I, uh, I got onto this thing where people would walk into the office and they'd give you their details and you'd go through the book and you know, match properties up. And within about three weeks, I'd sold two houses. And 
And I went, gee, this is, this is pretty smart. I no, it taught me anything. I just figured it out. Common sense. Be nice to people. What, who would have thought? Um, and so I did this amazing job of matching buyers and, and, and properties. And um, the next four sales I did were actually private sellers. So I, I figured that there's all these ads in the paper. Back in those days, 20% of the ads in the paper were private sellers. Yeah, so right. um, it's just a source. I'd bring them up and they'd say, no, no, I'm okay. I don't need an agent. So what if I had my commission? And we're talking, you know, 4% commissions back in those days on average. And, and they said, yeah, you can do that. So I started selling their properties um, because no one was actually selling their properties. So it, to me, it was just like, this is unbelievable business. Um, so I started selling when I was all of, I think, uh, what would that make me? 21, 22, wow. 23, I suppose I got started in my straps and, um, yeah, from, from there, it was just all about applying those, uh, those two rules, apply common sense and be nice to people. Yeah. So true. That's, that's the basis. So true. So, so if we, we bring forward to the now, obviously Cunningham's, you know, you've been you know, owner and managing director for, for a number of years now. What, what are you doing now with the business and, and the, the type of people that you're working with now and what, what's happening with, with Cunningham's? Yeah, look, we're about 80 people strong now. Um, three locations on the northern beaches in Balgala, Manly and DY. Um, probably the biggest shift that's occurred in the last few years, uh, apart from opening those offices, is actually bringing on uh, partners in the business um, as a succession plan. Um, and that started uh, four years ago. Uh, and in that time, we've brought on uh, an additional 10 partners. So there's 11 partners in the business now. Um, all key people in the, in the business. Um, for example, we've got our, our top six um, selling agents as partners, but we've also got our um, general manager. Uh, we've got our senior trust account manager. We've got a senior property manager. Uh, and so therefore, uh, and our compliance manager. So we've got really key people who are um, in roles that uh, I suppose protect and endorse the business. So, um, you know, having the, the, the people in the, in the property management area, which is the greatest part of our asset, we manage uh, something like 1,400 properties uh, across the three offices, uh, all in one central location. But that means that we've got all bases covered and one of the most critical roles in that is the general manager being a partner. Um, so uh, we function very, very effectively and very efficiently as, as a team. That's fantastic. And, and we'll get to that in, in a little bit more detail around teams, because I think what you've done and how you've structured in how, what you've created is, is a huge testament to you with obviously having that, that clear vision, but also looking at, as you said, that succession plan. So, which is fantastic. If you look at though, obviously there's some, been some you know, challenges along the way, you know, the scars to, to prove it. What's been some of the, your own personal challenges that you've come through the other side successfully that you that you've actually learnt and, and taken away from yeah look a really good point because challenges are, are never ending you know they they, they don't uh, change with age um the, the the challenge itself might but the fact that they're there they, they exist they're just part of it and you've got to embrace them and you've got to you know actually look forward to them coming along um you know there's there's really i call them the the four c's that are really critical in your life and one is is control you actually need to be in control of your life and and what you're doing uh, and surround yourself with the right the right people uh, you need to actually have those challenges to stimulate you and um, and make sure that you are heading in the right direction and you're capable of, of dealing with those things um, you've also got to have 
I suppose, what you'd call a, a zest for life. Um, you, you, know, you want to make sure that, that, that you're committed to, to your life and committed to the things in your life and, and business is an important part of that. But the number one thing you're committed to is your health and your family. You know, I, I put those two together because if you're not right, your family's not right. So that commitment um, is, is really um, important. Um, so we've got uh, control, uh, commitment, challenges, and the third one is, um, a, uh, I suppose, a connection. Um, and, and are you connected to those people around you? Are you connected to your community? Are you connected to the planet? Are you connected to yourself? Um, and when you get those four things together, you can handle pretty much anything. Uh, and challenges just been one of them. So the challenge that, that we've faced in business, to me, the number one thing is not so much the business that we do um, and how we go about it. Because if you set, uh, the, we've got a thing called the Cunningham's way. This is how we do business. This is the way we do business. And if you connect all those dots and you have your critical moments and your, your, your touch points or moments of truth, as we call them, um, if you get those right, everything tends to flow and things don't fall down the crack. The challenges come externally in most cases. Internally, sure, they're, to me, they're, they're minor if you, if you set the framework up right. But the external challenges, to me, are, are more about differentiating yourself. Um, and those challenges are, 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 are constant because you've got to constantly evolve to, to set those. Um, people call them points of difference. I like to call them points of value. Um, and when you, when you look at that, uh, if you rest on your laurels or think the status quo is okay, you are going to get smashed. So the challenge is constantly evolving in my view. Yeah. And that's so true. And then oh, so many gold nuggets from that, Johnny's, you know, the four C's are fantastic, you know, and they'll help you to, to, to stay in that flow, as you said, and, and then you can deal with challenges when you have those four C's uh, in alignment. And then, you know, the Cunningham way, it's like, that's, you know, the, what I call your, your code of honor, your, your code of, Hey, this is how we do things around here. And, you know, it's almost live and die by the sword, so to speak, but that's that um, authentic, element that you guys really preach and it which is so amazing to uh to hear so yeah really appreciate that on the flip side john like what are some of the 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 big wins that you've had you know you personally or the business that you go you know oh, let's beat the chest a little bit and let's 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 acknowledge some of those achievements what have they been over over your career oh look i think the, the big the big achievements really are um how we're viewed in the community um uh, our reputation to me you know it's the number one achievement. So all you've got is your is your reputation, um, and you know I love just hearing hear people saying I oh, hear good things about you guys. You know, it's almost like, it, and that's from people who are n not in the market. Yeah. Um, so, and, and when people say oh, you guys have got a great reputation, um, I've heard of you guys. You, you're the, um, and it's like someone said to me recently, oh, you're the community guys. Oh. Um, you got that find love thing, and I go okay. <laughs> Objective achieved, you know, when yeah. we set out with that, with that branding and that, that statement, I suppose, it was about it existing on its own. It doesn't yeah. need Cunningham's attached to it. It's find, love, live is, is us. Yeah. Um, and there's so much that goes around that and people get it. We knew that it would take 12 months for people to get. Um, but I think finding, that was another achievement, is like finding a brand that resonates with who you are. And we've always developed that along the way. But this, when we... Um, I got Justin Martin from Studio Mardo involved and, and, and he said, you know, I love working with you guys because you're actually not a brand in crisis. Yeah. Most brands are in crisis and they've got to reinvent themselves. He said, you're actually wanting to, to enhance your brand and develop it, it further. So, you know, when I look at those achievements over the years, it's, it's, it's about what um, impact we've had, what impression we've left um, and, and how we've made people feel. 
that to me is the, is the main thing. And I love seeing um, you know, the ratio of, of, of client reviews we get. And I, I read every single review and I, and I love buyer reviews, for example. They're the number one thing that, that really get me going. And um, when, I, when I hear a buyer or see a buyer talking about all the different people that they've been involved in their firm and, and, and what a great experience they've had, that's the greatest achievement that we can, that we can get. Um, vendors that mention in, in one review, uh, eight different people in the team that they've dealt with. Wow. You know, this, is, this is sort of like, we're really trying to, to get away from that whole concept of I, I, I in this business, which it seems to be the focus. For us, it's we. It's, and, and we, um, again, talking about achievements, so one of the smartest things we ever did was way, way back was set up what we call a partnership plan with our clients. So that when we go into every every relationship or every um, program uh, uh, strategy session with an owner, they know we're in partnership with them. We're actually going into it on the same page. So we're a joint venture. Same objectives, same outcomes are all what we want to achieve. Let's work together to, to, to get there. And so when, I, when we get that thinking and get that ingrained in the team, and this is how we, this is again, the Cunningham's way, that's how we achieve it. Sure, we can win awards. We've won lots of different awards. You know, last year we won the major independent at REB and, okay, that's fine. We don't really do a lot with them. <laughs> Quite frankly, they, they're there because I don't think our clients really care. Um, it, it's just, it's more for the team um, in, in the sense that they're, they're really strong uh, in that space. Um, but to me, it's all about how, how what, what impressions we leave on people and, and, you know, how that, that affects our future business. And that's really good to like what I'm hearing. It's a real rippling effect, you know, and the language that you're using in, in relations to the way the team, you know, the touch points throughout the team with the, you know, the buyers and the vendors and, and that partnering, that's a whole, and then, then hearing from the community, that's a, a huge rippling effect that's, that's getting out into your team, but obviously that the wider community. So Fantastic, fantastic. What are some of the, the, the lessons along the way, though, John, that you've learnt that you, you go, oh, that, that, was a, that was a good one? What are some of those lessons that you now use on a daily basis to, to keep you moving forward? Yeah, look, I think it's a really good, good point. And I think that's, to me, life is just a bunch of lessons. You know, well, it's actually two things. It's experiences and lessons. You know, you, you, you've, you've got to fill your life with experiences and, you've got to, and you will have, as a result, lessons. Um, and learn from them, you know, and, and that's, I think, the key. And I'm always learning, constantly, constantly learning. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited right now about the future. It is, it's really crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm like a young kid again. Um, <laughs> it, it's just uh, what, I'm, what I'm learning, um, what I'm able to, to um, teach, I suppose, others as well uh, at the moment is, is fascinating because what I'm, what I'm learning at the moment is what I learnt a long, long time ago. Um, and it's so funny that all of a sudden the industry's discovered how important it is to uh, treat people nicely. You know, it's like, whoa. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's an interesting concept. <laughs> you know, you know, I've got one guy that works who's been with me over 20 years, and he, he was a property manager, and his best clients now are tenants of his that he had when he was a property manager. Wow. Now, you know, when are people going to figure that one out? Yeah. Seriously, like buyers, that's your future business. It just, it was, it, to me, it was a no-brainer. You know, it's how I was brought up to treat people the way you want to be treated. So that's the number one lesson in, in life. I was speaking at a conference about five years ago where I actually stated, um, look, you know, think about this. Treat people the way that you would like your daughter, your wife, your sister, your mother, your grandmother. I use females to evoke in, in a lot of the men because women don't have this problem as much as mostly men. Yeah. Um, treat them like you would like them to be treated. I just took it out from like how you would be treated. 
and it was people were tweeting this quote. I'm thinking, you know what? <laughs> Isn't this how life should be? We should, should we should actually be this way? Yeah. So long lessons, look, getting the right people on the right bus or sitting in the right seats on the right bus going in the right direction. When I heard that quote years ago, I thought, wow, you know, get the people right first. Um, also get the structure in play. I mean, that, that to me was is because I'm, I'm a disciplined person, but I'm a little bit unstructured at times. I'd love to be more structured, um, but I'm a little bit too, um, uh, I suppose, flighty on that stuff that, that uh, uh, I can be distracted. Um, so distractions was the biggest thing for me in terms of structuring um, how I, I'm, uh, I work. Um, and then moving from there to having that, real, when you get the right people, having trust in them um, and, and actually saying, okay, you know what? Let's not sweat the small stuff. People are going to do things differently. They may not do things as exactly the way that you do them. Um, but you know what? That's okay. You know, accept those things, accept the things you can't, you can't change and try and enhance the things that, that you can. So putting all those sort of things in place and dealing with the big rocks, Great. understanding where your flame is, I think have been the big, big, big lessons for me that um, along that journey, you, uh, you, you learn and you improve and you adapt and you're constantly evolving. So true. So true. And, and, and I think you, you, you talk a lot about teams, John, and, you, and you've built a great and amazing team. So if we just sort of segue then into, into that, what, what's your, what makes up a high performance team? Do you think, what, what is it? What gives, you know, why is Cunningham such a, I guess that, that mecca now of the shining light of an amazing team. Tell me more how you done it and what makes up a high performance team. Look, it's just really interesting. It's one of those things that, um, you know, there's different types of high performance teams. There's some high performance teams that are just about performance. You know, it's just all about the deal. Um, we're certainly more about the experience uh, in terms of how we, we deal with, with people. But get the team experience right first, and then you can move into the customer experience area. If you don't get the team experience right, and have those right people in that environment, um, you're just never going to get to that next phase and have a longevity or, or a, what I call a bulletproof career. Um, so when you look at that, you go, okay, well, um, you know, what do we, how are we going to be judged? Um, you know, to me, a, a building a great team is them understanding about the fact that they're constantly being judged and constantly under the radar by the people that they're dealing with, um, no matter what sector of the, of the team that they're in. Everyone leaves impressions along a, a journey. Um, and you have been judged by that. So again, get people to understand that first, right? Everything you do has an effect, mm -hmm. right? So what effect do you want to, to leave on, on people? So make sure you understand how people work, how people think and uh, approach it from that perspective first. Always take the customer experience as the number one thing. So ha having that gone, I said, flipping that over in terms of, of how that works for a team, Developing the right people in a team, understanding uh, how a team is built. Um, so I've got a, a really interesting matrix that I use uh, to determine that. And we are all running out of super teams now. So we've got teams that, that have, uh, I think the smallest teams, three up to seven people in a, in a team within our whole team. Um, so what we do is we, we analyse each person in that environment, uh, particularly the team leader first, uh, discover what they're good at, uh, and what they like doing is the two elements that we have. That's, that's the, what I call the flame elements. And then discover what they don't like doing and what they're not good at. Yep. So the two things come out of the bottom under, under the line there. What they're not good at 
Um, sometimes you've got to look, put the microscope on that and say, well, you should be good at this. Uh, there's things that you really need to improve and fix up on. Other stuff, you go, that, you don't touch that stuff. Stay away from it. Uh, and, and the same with the don't like doing. You know, there could be stuff that you need to, to actually start to like to do because it's part of that. But in the majority, you're going to live in, the, in above the line. You're going to live in what you're good at and what you like like doing, and that's your flame. Finding that flame is critical. And I've got to, you know, the, the reality is, um, uh, it's I suppose find your your really strong points of value and points of difference and performance, and focus on those things, and then, um, you know, be your best at those things, and then hire for the rest. So that's how you develop a great team around a, a, a key performer. Now that key performer may not necessarily be the best leader of the team. Sometimes some of our teams are actually leaders of people who are actually in that uh, performance management space or or um, standard systems space. Yep. They might yep. be the best leader of that team. Um, and, the, and the performer is out there performing and doing what they need to perform. No team is the same. That's really an important thing to, to understand. You've got to structure it around these parts. Now, every single person with that team will go through that matrix as well uh, to understand where they, they need to sit in that, in that space. So when you develop a great team with, with great leadership, everyone knows what they're doing, right? There's no sort of like, hey, James, I thought you were supposed to do that. No, no, that's exactly. your job. Job roles are defined. Um, nothing's falling through the cracks. When, when the baton's been handed over from one task to another, you know it's not been dropped. Uh, and that's yeah. what creates a great team. And that becomes cultural. It, it yeah. becomes very much uh, the culture and the culture is formed by the environment that they're in. And, and that environment comes in, in not only the physical presence of the office, but people around them and the, and what we call respect trumps harmony. Um, yeah. You know, when, when you get respect within that environment um, and all those other things come into play, there's no limitations in how a team can perform. So true. And I, I love that an, a flame analogy and it's, it's where everyone's singing the same song, working to their strengths um, and, and, and going the, the, the right direction. You, you talk about leadership and you talk about having the leaders within the team, which is fantastic. If we then look at leadership, what is, what is a great leader to you? How is that shape developed? What, what, what's your understanding definition of, of that and what makes yeah, that look, a great leader? Leaders come in, in many different forms, but I, I think the when you when you look at what their key strengths are, and, and authenticity is thrown around, it's almost like a an industry buzzword these days. I don't think a lot of people actually understand what it means. But being authentic pretty much covers everything. In other words, that you're consistent. Um, you actually uh, what you say is what you mean. Um, all those things that that people can go. You know what? Um, I can understand you understand where you're coming from because you are an open book you know you you lead by example you you have vision uh, you've got clear direction all those things that that are critical uh, and in my mind also you know you you understand the structural elements and you've actually created a pathway for, for people to, to follow um, and that you're also innovative you know a, a great leader is innovative and adaptable to change um, and I, you know another thing i think is absolutely critical for leaders generosity you know, you, leaders need to um, open themselves up in generous with, with who they are, but also I think financial generosity leads to, to abundance. Um, and you want to encourage people, leaders have to encourage people to, to go places. Now, the dictatorial leader um, has a place um, in dictatorships, but, uh, you know, 
in our in our society, I think leadership has changed quite dramatically. Um, but they also have to, you know, when we say authenticity and, and consistency, you you can't be a, a palm tree that bends way over. You you've got to have a little bit of flex. Yep. Uh, but you know there are there are lines in the sand, and and a great leader knows the lines in the sand, and also their team know the lines in the sand. And that's what, you know, it's so true. And that's what comes back to having those lines in the sand, the Cunningham's way, where it's like, this is the roadmap, guys. We're not going outside of these boundaries, but yet, you know what? As you said, the authenticity, the generosity, um, having that, those elements uh, and so many more, it's, it's so true, so true. Obviously, that's, that's learned and developed over, over yours, your, your years within the, the industry, your years as, as a leader yourself. Who has helped shape you? What are some of the, the mentors that you've had along the way that you've learned from, been guided from? Who who's shaped you? Yeah, look, a really good question because over the years, there's been some key people. Um, Robert Bevan, I'll give a lot of credit to Robert over the years in, in terms of when he started best practice uh, back in the mid-90s. I was one of the first people involved in that. And the people that I mixed with in those, in those times um, were, were really important. They, they, were, they were very authentic people. They, they, you know, you, you could trust them. You know, at the end of the day, you want to be a trusted leader. Um, and uh, that's what comes from authenticity, that you know, trust is a, is, a, is a byproduct of that. So when I look at those days and my early days at, at the uh, at the RAINSW, um, there were some great leaders in, in back in those days, <clears throat> John Gregg and and Robert um, and and people like Chris Fitzpatrick that really helped me understand where the future went. And then when I met Michael Sheargold, um, it was about 12 years ago. Um, I, I credit Michael with a lot of where we've come as a business and also understanding uh, how to be a great leader. Uh, so key people like that along the way, um, but you're just constantly meeting them. You know that you, you 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 find people um, that inspire you. Um, there's people that, that can mentor you, uh, and it never ends. You know, there's just constant people that, that are putting you in that space. Um, that uh, that started. It all started for me with a guy called Rod Jones, who um, uh, was a Northern Beaches icon in real estate. You know, he he really set the framework up for me in my early career, and I credit a lot with 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 him. And then I look at at, at businesses within the Real Estate Results Network that we're part of with Sheargold. And, um, you know, there's this people, you know, like the Marshall White crew down in, in Melbourne, for example, fantastic in, in, in what they do and their thinking, James Connell yeah. and, and Jack Bongiorno and, and the crew down there. Uh, and you just grab these little things. Anthony Toop's another great, great person that's, that I've learned a lot from uh, over the years. And so you, and then you get someone like, you know, Dane Atherton up in Queensland, who's, who's a lot younger than me, but, you know, I'm learning from Dane, you know. Hopefully he's yeah. learned from me as well, but we'll see that. <laughs> um, but, you know, and just guys, you know, even Peter Brewer and people like that, that you just, I've known for a long, long time and I have an influence on you. And sometimes it can be the smallest of influences that has the, the biggest effect in your, in your career. And um, yeah, there are lots and lots of people. And I think that's key that, that in this industry, you, you, you grab hold of that and you say, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn something from someone uh, uh, along the way, and I probably left out a whole stack of people. And I'm sorry to them, but um, yeah, it's 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 always important that you do that. It is, and it's a, it's an ongoing thing. And there's yeah, once again, yeah, as you said, there are so many people that have, that have helped and, and shaped you to where you are today. So if you could if you could give three pieces of advice for for the listeners out there looking to to grow and, and lead their business, what would those three pieces of advice be? Look, I think. One of the ones I just mentioned earlier about have gratitude and be generous. 
I think in, in life we become, we've got a choice to be selfless or selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just too many people living a selfish life. Um, you, you see that in people not take, taking responsibility for their actions. They will always want to blame someone else. Um, it's a great saying, if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's another guy I should have mentioned, Phil Webb from down in Melbourne. You know, Phil, Phil uh, is not, he's only a little bit older than me, um, but I've learned a lot from Phil. And I got that quote from Phil, from Phil many, many years ago. But I just think that, you know, you, you, you've got to be self-reliant, of course. At the same time, when you're a, a great leader and you develop um, strategies along the way, I think having gratitude for what you've got enables you to just take a completely different view of the world. The whole concept of actually saying, well, you know, I'm giving without any expectation of return. Um, the reality is reciprocity works in the strangest of ways. Um, but what's awesome when giving is, is the, the endorphins you get from it. Oh, you know? so true. It's just like enhancing other people's lives, you know, making a difference. Yep. That to me is, is, what we're about as humans um and it's it's to it, I, I love that fact now i'm you know in in the role that i'm playing even in the business or, or outside the, you know within the industry and the and the pathway to professionalism that to me is about um saying okay i can make a difference here so what can i do in my life i can do lots and lots of things i can make a difference in the charitable works that i do i can make a difference to my family i can make a difference to my team my community um the industry um, and so that's, that's our community in, as a whole. So that's one bit. Um, focus on what you do best and hire the rest. You know, right. that, that's that whole flame concept. Yeah. That, that's finding that flame, finding that, that space. And if you are a great sales agent and you're running a business and you're going, and I've been there, done that, you know, I'm, I'm captain, coach, leading, try scorer, and it's like, I can't do all this. I can't do all these things effectively. Where should I focus my energies on? And it's a classic let go to grow. Um, you know, to me, that is, is, is the important thing. But I know a lot of business owners who have gone, hey, my best place, listing and selling real estate. Fantastic. Do that and hire the best person you can to run the business. Um, and then you've got a great business. So I chose after 30 years at the, at the coal face of listing, selling and so on to um, then run the business and, and mentor people and grow my team and, and develop the best out of everyone in the team. Uh, that was my direction where I think I was, I was a pretty good sales agent, make no mistake about it. Um, and, you know, back in the day, I was doing James Tostevin numbers when, when <laughs> it was with James. I thought, you're talking about this guy doing, when I first met James, he was doing $1.3 million in fees back in the early, um, uh, when was that, early 2000s from memory. Right. I'm doing 1.2. I must be pretty good. No one knew. No one knew about back then. You know, it was just like one of those things. You just did your business. Now there's far too much focus on GCI in my view. It's just it's gone the wrong way. Yeah. Um, next one is find your points of value. Find find your points of difference and find your points of performance. Those three things are are a new focus in my view that people should be looking at. We you know we want to talk about what's my point, what's my differentiation. Like, that's great that you've got points of difference. Love that. Critical. Got to have them. Mm. Where's the value in them and where's the performance in them? Um, because there's a classic what's in it for me question mark in every vendor or buyer's mind. And there's also a so what factor. You know, you can present all this stuff. So what? Yeah. What's in it for me? You know, so that's where value and performance comes into, into play. Um, so, yeah, just break the mold. Um, do what others couldn't be bothered doing. You know, that's, that's how I... I look back at my early part of my career and I just did stuff that no one else bothered to do. Yep. 
And so I found this, this hole in the marketplace. Um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to bother doing that. I'm going to bother doing that. Now I look at all the best agents in Australia. That's what they do. They do all the stuff that others couldn't be bothered doing. Oh, I couldn't bother making that phone call. Could I be bothered in doing just, you know, saying hey to the vendor, look, I know you need you to get to a doctor's appointment at such and such, and, and it sounds like there's a bit of trouble. How do I drop you there? Yeah. Just thinking outside the square and doing stuff that, from a service perspective, takes that CX to another level. And if you just did that one thing, if you just thought of that from that perspective, do the things that others couldn't be bothered doing, you can't fail. Yeah. Great, great, great advice. So what's, what's coming up for you? What's, uh, what, what's the, the future hold for you, John? Um, look, really interesting. Uh, more surfing. Um, is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just came back from a week away up the coast and uh, in six days I got, to, I got to surf every day, which was oh, just awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and uh, so that work-life balance, I travel a lot. I, I, I always believe that you've got to have payback um, for yourself. And for me, it's travel. Um, I, I, I work hard and I then reward myself and I reward my family. Um, and to me, that's critical. People say, how can you, you know, when I was in the early days of my career, when uh, you know, I take the kids away for a four-week trip to Europe and I go, how do you, what about your business? You only, you only got six people in your business. Aren't you going to lose business? Yeah, maybe. That's okay. You know, I'm not here 24 seven. I'm not here 52 weeks of the year. I'm here for X amount of time and I'll put my best in and I'm, hopefully I've, I've set this up clearly with my clients that they'll, they'll either wait or they'll choose someone else and either way is okay. You know, and I book these things way ahead to make sure. So I still do that. That's, that's really important. It keeps that balance going. Keeping myself fit. Um, my age is, is critical. You know, I, 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 I do a lot of yoga. I train. I surf. Um, and so that means that I, I can try and keep a clear head in what's yeah. going on um, and just keep filling my life full of experiences and, and develop people. So um, developing people is a really important part of what I do. And, um, you know, it's within, within my team here. Um, that's going to continue. And then the next thing is, is legacy. Um, you know, I'm, I really do want to create a legacy. I think there's an opportunity um, for the industry to turn into a, an actually recognised profession. And I'm doing everything I can to make that happen. So the pathway to professionalism through the Real Estate Institute of Australia is well underway. Um, it's not going to be for every agent. This is a really interesting thing. You know, the, the reality is some people just aren't going to make the cut. Uh, they're just not going to be capable of it or they're not willing to actually raise the bar to achieve that. And when we talk about raising the bar, we're talking about raising the bar above legislation. We're talking about raising the bar to a new level uh, where legislation is a given. You know, there's another case today in, in the in the media about an agent in Queensland that's been fined yeah. for, for under Australian consumer law. Um, and there's going to be truckloads more of them. There's there's more coming out of Victoria. There'll be plenty more in New South Wales. And it's to me like, well, why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we trying to find ways around the law? Yeah. The law is the law whether you would agree with it or not. Get over it, get on with it, apply it, apply it and then find ways of providing better consumer experiences. And that's when you go above the bar, you set new standards. So as an industry, we've never actually got together and set that bar. That's what we're doing right now. And it's, it's exciting because all I'm getting from the industry across Australia is support. Um, and it, it's, again, some people, a lot of people, quite frankly, <laughs> just aren't going to get there. 
But hey, you know what? As you said, it's that legacy and it's it's playing, as you said, a, a bigger game and, and and giving back at the same time. So how can how can the audience get in touch to you know to find out more about you know your journey, the the legacy, uh, what you're working on? How can they get in contact? I think a really good place to start for everyone would be just to go to reinsw.com.au homepage. There's a there's a box that says Pathway to Professionalism. Click on that. It'll take you to the to the page. It's got all that information. Some great video interviews with some awesome agents. Um, lots of intel about why. Uh, and it, it, like any um, initiative, you've got to have a why, a what, a how, and a when. And it's all there. Um, within the next couple of months, there's going to be a, a document called the Pathway to Professionalism, which will be circulated through the industry, which will be like a little blue, blueprint on what that you need to do, what it's all about. And at the moment, we're going around the... the um, the country, um, the, the REI New South Wales roadshows on at the moment. So anyone in New South Wales, I'd suggest you go there. Not only just for this, but to actually understand the new reform package, to understand how it's going to affect you. And everyone who's gone to it so far has gone, I don't know how I'd, I'd better do business without actually getting this information, you know, because there's, there's a lot of disinformation out there. Go to the source and get it. And never avoid face-to-face training. I think it's the number one thing you've, you've got to do. Sure, there's great places for online, but getting face-to-face is, is critical. Um, go to cunninghamsre.com.au if you want to learn about our, our business. Um, but yeah, the, the information on where this industry is going to, to become a profession, I think it's going to be the biggest change that's occurred in, in 100 years. It's that massive. Huge. Um, and embrace, embrace it. Get on board. It's, uh, it's going to be an exciting journey. And uh, there will be professional agents. There will be real estate agents. You've got a choice which one you want to be. Fantastic. Love it. John, really appreciate your time, energy, expertise, and wealth of, of knowledge. Thank you for, for being on the call today. Pleasure, James. Thanks so much. And, and thanks for everything you're doing for the industry as well. I should say the profession. Thank you very much.